Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Once again, I can't even believe <coughs> Wednesday should keep coming and coming and coming. Even though we're all just sitting around doing a whole bunch of nothing. Well, some people are back to jobs and doing good deeds. <sighs> yeah. Oh, we're past the halfway mark now, guys. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of online shopping. And speaking of. You go to Tumbleweed Health Center, talk boom, and get a whole bunch of CBD products online. And we should put up some t-shirts and things like that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, some other items up there, maybe. T-shirts are good. We've got some really beautiful hemp backpacks. Soft top left. Yep, soft top. Um, you, you need to just come see them. They're awesome. Some are just like plain hemp color, you know, like creamy color, and some have like really pretty designs. We've got hemp wallets, which are really, really awesome. I have one myself I carry around. And um, all sorts of good things. Get on down to Tumbleweeds Health Center. Yeah. And welcome to Weekday Wednesday for the bestie. It's July 29th. Ooh. What happened? Whoa, nope, nope, you don't get to start again. That's funny. I thought maybe it was gonna um <clears throat> I thought maybe it was gonna start again. Okay, Silver Sister is on the line with us. And the Zigmund's on Grand Island. Yes, the little freaking Canada. Steal your signal. Every time it's crazy. All right, so what's going on in the cannabis world out there? Can everybody hear me clearly? Yeah, that's right. We could just bust you into a Wild West show if you don't, you know, if you don't behave out there. <laughs> All right, we're going to do some news. Um, we're going to listen to Doug Fine's book. Woo-hoo! And uh, we're just going to hang out. Maybe smoke some weed even. That'd be nice. Get y'all smoking. Um, and I'm drinking some green tea. Anybody out there having any uh, any kind of beverages? Some coffee or whatnot. Um, <laughs> and uh, what else is going on in the weed world? Everything. Weed's coming up in the elections. Well, for some, Democrats have decided not to mention it. So we'll, I think we're going to read about that. We'll see. Jeez. Seriously? Come on, guys. What the heck? <clears throat> anyway. So let's give some shout-outs. Uh, let's give a shout-out to, you know what? We haven't mentioned CannaHealth online digital magazine for a week or so, right? You don't have to go anywhere where you are and just sit around and watch the news. And I wonder if you can, like, get it to read you the news, because that would be really cool. CannaHealth is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals, profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Health. 
All right. <clears throat> you can check it out. You can actually get to it from our website at tumbleweedshealthcenter.com. If you go to the radio show and you scroll on down, there's a couple of our sponsors there, Canna Hill uh, Online Digital Magazine. And <clears throat> if you click the link, you'll get on over there. And also, if you click the link to the right of that, or pick, click the picture of the logo for the growershouse.com, um, the world's largest hydroponics and indoor gardening supplier, they say. That's right from the quote right from their page. So you can check them out. Commercial growers, hobbyists, shop by brand, shop by products. You can get lights, nutrients, um, pots, fabric pots, which are nice to grow in. They're kind of aerated for the plants. Um, you can get, oh, geez, like bulbs. Um, you can get, you know, the fluorescent or the, um, you can do the LED lights. I'd like to try like a whole run of like just different ones and see. We, I mean, we all know that the bigger, you know, well, you can you can get away with the 400 water, 600 water, getting a really good grow. I've used 1,000 watt light, getting a really good grow, especially if you're using um, auto flowers. Yep. Tell me it's just been so long ago. Look at you boys now <laughs> growing autos. I love it. You betcha. All right. <clears throat> and if you get on over to Tumbleweed Health Center, Get over to the certifications section because if you're anywhere in Arizona and you want to come down to our awesome health center um, and see any one of our beautiful doctors, uh, come on down at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, 85711. Or you can go online. Um, you can, where it says book appointment, you click that and you book appointment. Uh, and if you want to know what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card, <clears throat> here we go have or suffer from any one of these conditions, um, and the list is bigger than this, and I'll explain in a second here, uh, PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, and this is where the list expands because chronic pain covers everything, fibromyalgia, migraines, back aches, um, legs, people who have been in car accidents, and those aches just really don't go away, um, so all sorts of aches and pains. Uh, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, but all kinds of seizures. Uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's. I always launch into this one because it covers so many different variations of uh, Alzheimer's. I think there's 28 or 29, 30 different kinds. And then some lead into dementia, which is another thing, <laughs> but in, you know, related. Uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. And you're eligible for your cannabis card if any of the medications or just the treatment of the medications that you're on are causing you to have any of these things. So there you have it, folks. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. Oh, that wasn't much of an air horn. I was expecting more of a higher-pitched, you know, kind of a thing. Anyway, you know, it's what happens when you're looking at soundtracks on the 30 seconds you have. <laughs> Boy, it seems like a lot. You get a lot done in 30 seconds. We usually grab hard-boiled eggs. And speaking of we, where is Cannabis Kid? Next week, we're going to have an interview, but we'll tell you more about that later. So hopefully, he'll be here. Because we all will be. Maybe even Silver Sister will come knocking on our door someday and say, scoot over, give me a bong hit. <laughs> but a very little one. Very, very, very little one. Doesn't take much for Silver Sister to get down. All right. <clears throat> we always get uh, our magazines, which we love to say thank you, Cannabis Business Time. Um, we get these monthly. And so we like to give some shout-outs to them and do some reading from their Groovy magazine here. Um, and we're going to do what they've got called Up Front on page 12, if you want to do a read-along. 
Um, so we're going to do a little bit of news, and then we'll bust into some music. And if anyone wants to call in, it's 646-915-8421. And um, you can blog in there. You can get in there and get in the chat room uh, and say howdy that way. And then after all this fun stuff, we're going to get to reading uh, Doug Fine's uh, awesome book, which we love. It's story time. All right. But not yet. Medical launches Missouri's first medical cannabis cultivation operation with more to come. The starting line. Way to go, Missouri. got to say like that, Missouri. Uh, <clears throat> St. Louis-based Belief Medical, as in B-E-L-E-A-F. Uh, medical became the first medical cannabis cultivator in Missouri to launch operations June 11th and as a vertically, vertically integrated company with 10 total licenses in the state. President Kevin Riggs says there is much more to come. Uh, Belief Sense Cultivation Facility in St. Louis uh, County was the first grow operation to receive approval from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services after passing all required inspections. The company holds a total of three cultivation licenses, two manufacturing, <clears throat> and five dispensary licenses in the greater St. Louis area. There you have it, folks. Way to go. Top story, it says. That's the top story. Yeah. It's a damn good one. Um, I hope others are able to get into that game as well. Uh, free markets there over there. Everyone should just jump in and get in there. Other news, it says. That was our top story. Other news. Nevada officials approve pardons for low-level cannabis addiction. That's a big clap. Over here. Kind of a weird clap. Just tell me what you like better, A or B. <laughs> um, in a unanimous vote on June 17th, the Nevada State Board of Pardons commissioners approved on amended resolution put forth by Governor Steve select to pardon low-level cannabis convictions in the state, according to a press release. The resolution pardons <clears throat> those previously convicted of the possessions of one ounce or less of cannabis, and the Secretary of the Board of Pardons has been charged with creating an expedited process for those seeking pardons. Quote, today is an historic day for those who were convicted of what has long been considered a trivial crime and is now legal under Nevada law, too, uh, Governor said in a public statement. The, uh, the move will pardon thousands of past cannabis-related convictions, according to the state's press release. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Too bad ours won't. <laughs> yeah, I can I can compare that because the, the one that we're about to get, you're, you're going to sit in your jail cell and have to petition for your expungement. Yeah. Just stay there and petition. Yeah. Okay, A or B. What are we liking? Am I getting votes out there? Silver Sister? A, B. <laughs> okay. Um, Denver awards MedFarm Medical Marijuana Research and Development License for Alzheimer's Study. Yeah. Uh, MedFarm, a Colorado-based cannabis research and formulation development company, has received a medical marijuana research and development license from the city of Denver. The last piece in the licensing puzzle for the company's study on how cannabis-based medication might impact Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. Yes. Thank you. Finally. Um, <clears throat> MedFarm received a state research license over a year ago, according to the company's director of chemistry, Dr. Tyrell Tao, and local uh, Permit now allows the company to launch research, which will initially be a small study with 30 participants. MedFarm is working with a local neurologist to recruit dementia patients for the study. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> kind of scary. Really. <laughs> All right. Oregon cannabis sales surpassed $100 million in May. Yeah, yeah. Okay. New figures. From the Oregon License Commission, the OLCC reveal that the state's cannabis sales surpassed, surpassed, they're over 100 million in May. 
which is 60% higher than in May of 2019, according to an Oregon public broadcasting report. Although you have to admit, though, people are locked in having to do a whole lot of nothing, so why not smoke a whole lot of weed? I'm not saying. This is the first time that sales have popped 100 million in a month, <laughs> the news outlet reported. Uh, quote, the marijuana tax fund is really the only bright spot in the state budget right now. Uh, T.J. Sheehy, an OLCC spokesperson, told OPB, Oregon Public Broadcasting, in terms of taxable sales, it was about $15 million that's going to go to the school fund city and county governments. Wow. There you have hundreds. Million. Yeah, hundreds. Pound the grass. Oh, look at this. Uh, snake eye. Wow. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty bud. Uh, snake eye has relatively short internodal spacing. This is a whole thing on cultivar details. Boring time, nine to ten weeks, all that good stuff. Okay, <clears throat> that's if you like to grow. And you know what? <laughs> there, <clears throat> so you're going to get six plants. Okay, well, that's a good thing. That's one good thing about the initiative, but I don't think that you're allowed. I don't know. I read the new initiative again. All of you should read it uh, even for the first time. Seriously, read these things. Okay, upfront snapshot of April sales. Um, April, well, a little behind, but April sales, Massachusetts. And the magazine says July 2020. Uh, okay, oh, except Massachusetts adults. In Michigan, April. We had 20 million, almost 21 million in uh, medical sales. Holy medical sales. Um, ooh, medical sales and adult use in Michigan was almost $62 million for April. Hello. <laughs> Rocky Mountain, huh? Colorado. Okay, uh, for April of 19, 135, almost $136 million. In one month. 2020 was 149. Holy smoke. Cray cray. Massachusetts. Um, adult. Uh, this is for adult use for Massachusetts. 16 million. Wow. And it says for 2020, zero. Because COVID-19 shutdown of adult use sales, medical remained open. Oh, so there's no medical source on here because that was for wow <clears throat> yeah what's the fact Maryland's medical only April they did 17 million dollars in sales go Maryland go Maryland and in April of this year 2020 they did 34 million dollars whoa Whew. wow moral support for smoking cannabis continues to rise. 65% uh, are portions of Americans who view smoking cannabis as morally acceptable in 2019, and now it's up to 70%. Yep. 70% of people will say, hey, dude, you took that. You Cannabis spending on track for $33.9 billion by 2025. Are you guys hearing these numbers? <laughs> uh, $12.4 billion. The amount U.S. consumers and patients spent on cannabis in 2019. Oh, my God. <laughs> $12.5 billion. No. Yeah. Cannabis is a bad thing, right? <laughs> okay, 36.5% increase of sales from 2018 to 2019. 36.5% from 18 to 19. Um, the predicted total U.S. cannabis sales by 2025. All right, are you guys ready for this? This is insane. $33.9 billion. You're not in this business, kids. Get in it the right way. <laughs> and 18.2% predicted compound annual growth rate. The 
CAGR of U.S. cannabis sales from 2019 to 2025. Demerson Dan, good number of kids. That's crazy. Time, as always. All right. You know what else is crazy? Guess what Miss Martha Stewart agreed to do? Martha Stewart accepts a challenge to smoke a joint with Chelsea Handler. <laughs> There's no turning back now. The Internet's waiting to see Stewart light up once and for all. In a candid interview, Martha Stewart revealed that she accepted a challenge from Chelsea Handler to smoke a doobie for the first time in decades. While Stewart frequently dabbles with cannabis and hemp-related enterprises, uh, she generally conceded that she does not partake of the herb recreationally and prefers a cocktail uh, or wine instead. After doing numerous projects together, Stewart explained on Late Night with Seth Meyers in 2015 that she's gotten contact eye simply from being around Snoop Dogg, which is fairly plausible. But after mounting peer pressure from Snoop to get Stewart high, the television personality uh, <coughs> turned entrepreneur caved in and accepted the challenge from a woman instead. <laughs> Following the hilarious heart-to-heart on Instagram, Handler challenged Stewart to join her and smoke a joint together, to which Stewart obliged. <laughs> I just took up Chelsea Handler's challenge to smoke a joint with her. <laughs> she is Stewart admitted to entertainment tonight. I told her I haven't smoked a joint since the 1960s, so for me to smoke a joint is a really big deal. We haven't done it yet. It has to be together sometime in the future. The date for the christening hasn't been announced yet, but her fans await eagerly. Stewart also explained her secret to longevity as she approaches a new chapter in her life. Just eat well, exercise uh, well, garden, climb mountains. I climbed Kilimanjaro, for goodness sake. I went up to the Himalayas. You have to do that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that keeps one vibrant and young, and it's important. I like it. Stewart accepted Handler's challenge shortly after the two collided on Instagram in an amicable uh, amicable exchange of words and photos of themselves in their pools. (laughs) On July 21st, Stewart was feeling herself. Um, and posted a noticeably seductive photo of herself relaxing in her luxurious pool on Instagram. The photo broke Instagram, gaining hundreds of thousands of likes and comments, but was immediately panned by her followers followers as a thirst trap. Handler saw the photo and was inspired to brilliantly recreate it, posting a photo of herself in the same pose in her pool. Handler was careful to keep things kind and emphasize Stewart's impressive look for her age. Quote, if I look this good at 78, I better still have a pool to show myself off in, Handler noted. Handler's post went equally viral. Stewart responded back with a clever retort, keeping herself in control of the conversation. Quote, dear Chelsea, I'm so happy that you like my post well enough to emulate it. Stewart commented on the post, I do think my pool is a little bit prettier than yours and that my facial expression is a little bit more relaxed. (laughs) Nevertheless, you're a beautiful girl and fucking too young to be emulating me. Continue with your comedy, your humor, and your amazing ability to gather around political liberals. We need it. Love, Martha. That is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, let's see it happen. Wow, I wonder if they won't. Are chronic conditions holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed my life. I mean, I don't worry about my dog anymore, and I don't worry about sleeping anymore. Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products might help you improve your life the natural way. All right. Are chronic conditions right, well, holding you back from a happy, healthy life? Get on the right track with Tumbleweeds Health Center. Our CBD products are formulated to fit your health lifestyle. I would definitely say that CBD has changed. Are chronic conditions oh, no. holding you back from a Okay, let's see. We're going to just bring that down in case that happens again. Are we back? Are you hearing like most commercials or can you hear me? It's just ridiculous. Sorry about that. Tech girl, what's going on out there? Can you hear us? Can you hear me now? I better call into my own show. That was happening. <sighs> Again? Tell me I don't have to. Yes, but it's choppy. Of course it is. Of course it's choppy. I'm sitting right on the damn server. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> All right. Well, 
since you could hear the commercial, let's just go and rock and roll this. I'll be blazing and smoking it, about to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those cracker jacks, Reese's pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop, cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys, yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride, I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa, can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos, I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's, and then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, ah, they got volcano I'm gonna smoke some weed Only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop This is fucking awesome I'm gonna smoke some weed Only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop you know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interest I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old So it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control Peak game, look into my political telescope Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't Not hella won't Being a hypocrite, you used to smoke weed, fool. I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a run, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs, it's time to pull those love. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate thugs. Let's end the war on weed, the people have agreed. Wednesday, Wednesday, folks. Not sure what happened. My electronicals are all malfunctioning and doing any funny things. And let's see, we still can't get any clapping. Oh, I know why. <laughs> because I called into the show. Oh, boy. Silly me. Just in case. Because we're all choppy now. Uh, Silver Sister, are we still choppy from out there and um, on your little pork chop island? Um, all right. Well, you know what we do? Because we're all choppy. Um, I think we'll just launch into um, it's a little better. All right. Well, hmm. let's see. I think we'll launch into our uh, story time with Doug Fine. And um, we are continuing. Uh, I'll roll back a little bit here. Uh, we are continuing American Hemp Farmer Adventures and Misadventures in the Cannabis Trade. Read by Doug Fine, written by Doug Fine. Here he is, Doug Fine. 
in a line of such inch-wide openings that extend across the bottom of the hopper. Each opening has a roughly feed a drive wheel where the seed emerges near the ground, and each opening plants one row. That's why the seed drill is supposed to be faster than hand planting. It plants multiple rows simultaneously. This drive wheel is what you'll calibrate to plant seed at your desired spacing. Probably the biggest problem with seed drills today is composition and design of the shoots themselves. In principle, they're just four to eight foot long straws like elephant trunks. The primary issue is for the past half century, they've usually and inexplicably been made from a variety of fake rubber that invariably cracks mid-tube when exposed to sunlight, but fuses chemically to the two areas where the chute gaskets attach at the hopper, the top of the chute, and near the ground, the bottom of the chute. This makes it all but impossible to remove a chute from its metal fastening pins when cleaning or maintenance is needed. No reason it should occur to the designers of every seed drill in the world that a farmer might need to access the most essential part of the device, sure. the one that actually plants the seeds. On this now gloriously humid lame morning in 2018, the issue is what you might call be kind, rewind. The farmers who previously leased our seed drill, I'm guessing sometime in 1973, huh. didn't clean it out at the Ooh. end of their planting, Ooh. probably too blissed out by oxytocin. And the local farm supply guys didn't bother to check. Mm. As a result, an invisible-to-us glob of moldy seed cholesterol is stuck in the least accessible part of six of our ten shoots. Mm. This is dangerous because there is no way to know what kind of seed formed the clog. Pro-farming is an industry where crop contamination is a major issue. Along with our hemp, we could be planting soy, lavender, or opium. Also, the fake rubber seventh shoot is predictably disintegrating, spilling out seeds indiscriminately. Who seed drill repair task is a good one. Either you crush knuckles trying to access keys, or you engage in extended duels with the family recluse spiders in the farm while looking for spare parts. I can save you some time on this one. The part you need resides under an unmarked bucket of fire sitting atop a pack rat nest. It's another constant. One moment you're in your midwifery bliss mode and the next your colleagues are trapped under a sketchily jacked up half-ton piece of machinery bathed in WD-40 <laughs> while signing a manual written in Swahili. <laughs> in between testy requests to Pass the dang adjustable wrench. No, the other one. The one that locks. The one that works. Your crew starts making a cob joke like, how many hemp farmers does it take for automation to make life easier? Luckily, we have a whole rotating team of Edgar's extended kin on hand. It's very hard to tell who are in-laws and who are nephews, aunts, or grandkids in the winter's Flewellen Brady Bunch of a land. <laughs> Especially since a few in attendance might be locals Margaret at the feed store that afternoon. But <laughs> Margaret's got a good work ethic detection meeting. Everyone is always uniformly pleasant and hardworking if they make it to this remote farm, which proves vital. Each time some gashes a wrist to the extent requiring bandaging, a new farmer will crawl under the seed drill. So at least we got to be close to the soil that morning. After 20 grunt-filled minutes, when we actually expose the clogged chutes, we have to ram through, hose down, and completely dry their interiors right back up with our own seeds. Crouched in the soil and grunting, we resemble those clever chimps who sticks through logs to extract termites. Observing all this journalistically for a minute, I recall thinking... Man, all we are doing is trying to sink a couple hundred thousand seeds into soft soil. It's about the oldest thing we do right after hunting and gathering. 
have we perhaps been overthinking it these past few centuries? 9.36 a.m., calibrating the seed drill. With shoots unclogged and refastened, now we are ready to calculate just how many seeds we want to get into the ground. We are, in other words, about to answer the universal sixth grader math question. When will I ever use this in real life? By adjusting the drive wheel, you determine the rate and depth at which the seed falls into the soil as the tractor pulls the seed drill across your field. It's circular, so geometry is involved. Your field is graphical and angular, so trigonometry plays in. And it's a seed drill, so advanced knowledge of chaos theory is helpful. The decisions you make now will affect your whole season. Say you want to plant one hemp seed every 30 inches in 30-inch wide rows at one-half inch depth. First, get out your scratch paper, logarithmic tables, and metrics to standard conversion charts. 56 minutes later, attempt to move unmarked, rusted levers somewhere beside the drive wheel to correspond with the results of your calculations. A time-saving tip on the math. I find it's not necessary to go more than six places on either side of your decimal point. Now you can test your calibration. This only involves further jacking up of your seed drill on mushy, uneven soil, precariously seems to be the custom, on a primitive jack prototype from the Edsel era, in order to measure the circumference of your drive wheel. Huh. That will tell you how far the tractor seed drill caravan must travel for one seed to drop. You're trying to avoid double planting, under planting, unevenly spaced planting, or planting at the wrong depth. Of course, the seed exit hole in your hopper will either be too big or too small for your hemp seed. So bring several jumbo rolls of duct tape to your regenerative hemp planting, as well as a powerful battery-powered drill. These are the easiest and most reliable modes of drive wheel hole adjustment. Once the seed drops, some variety of metal disc, rolling pin, or flat rubber flap like a squeegee follows to cover the seeds. That allows the seed-to-soil contact that hemp wants for germination. Mm. So you've now calculated how much seed to plant per acre, or have you? A word mm. about those rusty and unlabeled levers you'll eventually find in a hidden spot on the machine? Don't even bother to read the calibration chart that usually resides under the grain hopper lid. For one thing, hemp won't be one of the settings. Also, the printed drop rate settings number correlate to nothing but themselves. There are no marked units. If you set your seating rate to 11 with that particular rusted lever, as on a spinal tap amplifier, it means mm -hmm. 11 on whatever scale the Schmeister grain drill assembly guy felt was 11 that day. Might be 30-inch spacing, might be 300. I think that so farmers all over the world will be equally confused. It's comforting to know that whether you're planting in acres or hectares, meters or yards, and measuring your seed in pounds, grams, tons, or metric tons, at least the system is fair. Even the John Deere capped host of a seed drill calibration video I watched to see if I was exaggerating some of my experiences could only say, sometimes you can get some help calculating by reading the calibration chart you'll see under the grain hopper lid. But, and here he pulls out a calculator, it's best to use this chart as uh, a starting point for your real calibration. He should have added, also, be careful, the heavy grain hopper lid tends to fall off backwards loudly <clears throat> if you have an idea as crazy as trying to open it. <laughs> I nearly squashed a Vermont colleague in a hopper lid mishap mm. one year. Mm. If your seed drill is relatively small, let's say 10 feet wide like ours in Oregon, it might have a dozen chutes that can empty that many rows at 6-inch row spacing. If you want 30-inch row spacing, Leave one hole open, then fully duct tape up the entry point for the next four shoots in the hopper, then leave another one open. Be careful as you tape these tiny spaces. If you leave any sticky part of the tape exposed, you now have a seed planter that works more like a strip of flypaper. Now you're ready to address your half-inch desired planting depth. 
It might make you feel better to adjust that particular rusty lever assigned to that task, but doing so doesn't adjust the C drill in any noticeable way. Wind up dangerously duck walking alongside your tractor while manhandling the soil punching disc part of the device until it seems like it's churning out less than three inches of your micro-rich soil. In case I've disguised the seed drill takeaway, it's planned to spend a lot more time than you'd like calibrating, clogging, or otherwise tinkering with your planting equipment. It's not so much that seed drills won't work, it's just that they almost never work well at first, sort of defeating the time-saving reason for their invention. After a dozen plantings, I've seen a seed drill calibrate without hassle only twice. That's an 833 batting average. Mm -hmm. Babe Ruth only hit 342. So five-sixths of the time, something goes wrong enough for stress pheromones to intrude on the oxytocin. These do not mix well. There should be warning labels to this effect on seed drills. One of my two seed drill-assisted plants that was worth the effort came 3,000 miles to the east. It worked primarily because my Vermont neighbor, Charlie Morse, had waded deep into that scary back part of the barn and unearthed a solid 1940s unit. This seed drill came to us from before what my sweetheart calls the time of plastic crap. The thing was all metal from an era when more pride was taken even in steel forging. Once the New England branch of the recluse spider family had been relocated and uh, very few moving parts lubricated, this seed drill required no maintenance. And icing on the cake, Charlie oiled the delightfully old-school mainspring that angered the device's axles with hemp seed oil. Hmm. It worked great. The other key factor in that planting success is that the seed drill was designed before the era of over-engineering. Keeping things simple and functional, that's how people survive in northern Vermont. When Carrie laid out our cultivation plans to Charlie over a microbrew one evening before planting day, Charlie puffed a few contemplative drags on his ever-present cherrywood pipe and said, I think I have something that'll work, but it's old. That turned out to be an understatement. <laughs> but if I've learned anything from four years working in Vermont, it's that Charlie's is the culture of understatement. The unit itself was small, the footprint of a golf cart, and simple. Two direct shoots dropped seed from two sensibly side-mounted grain hoppers next to two posts whose symbol-shaped tops you could grab to manually adjust planting depth. Took half a second, just a twist of the wrist. The thing looked like nothing so much as a mobile drum kit. There were no fake rubber tubes to clog, the seed dropped from the hopper to the soil. No calibration was required other than a touch of tape here and there. One small part of the right hopper had rusted through. You could tell from a look that this thing was going to work. When they needed refilling, the grain hoppers were not just easily accessible, but their tops came off only when you wanted them to with mm. a satisfying sibilant clang. Mm. Charlie, who, like most Vermont farmers, looks to be somewhere between 40 and 90 years old, loaded the seed drill into Carrie's truck bed with a winch, took it to a meadow owned by Carrie's father-in-law, and by mid-afternoon, our Vermont acreage was planted, and I really was tubing the closest river. That's how these Yankees roll. You don't hear a whiner north of the 32nd parallel. I'll never forget Charlie champing on his pipe from the tractor seat while the rest of the crew walked behind the seed drill, raking dirt over the seed. The device had no squeegee, roller, or disc to fill the hole into which the seed dropped, so humans, including Secretary of Agriculture Tebbets, played that role. Nice day for a stroll. To the casual observer, the pace of that planting might have looked a little slower than many modern plantings, but it was the exception to the floater rule. We hardly stopped. The 2018 Vermont planting was my first in a continuing series of lessons that older might be better when it comes to farming modes. Hmm. Why did humans ever stop doing it this way? My guess is persuasive fake rubber shoot salesmen, or else the fake rubber people bought out the seed drill people. Mm -hmm. 10.42 a.m., one row planted. 
Back in Oregon, a seed finally gets planted when and where we request. It's always a fun moment when you're the guy crawling on his belly behind the seed drill procession, and you can shout, a seed dropped. In doing this, you employ roughly the same tone of voice as the starving Santa Maria's lookout did when shouting, land ho from the crow's nest. <laughs> but even when the seed drill appears calibrated, here's a tip I learned from Dan Townsend in Washington. Check on the seed drill's performance often. Stop the show, get out of the tractor or hop off the oxen yoke, and crawl around with your eyes attuned to seed drop rate and planting depth. Do this once per pass, even if things <clears throat> seem to be going smoothly. <clears throat> You'll see why. <clears throat> once actual seed starts to drop, morale, which has started to droop with each wasted hour, is restored. The importance of this period in the day is not the 11% of the field you'll get planted before the next problem arises, but the resumption of bonhomie. The successful moments in a group planting provide an ideal way to bond with new partners. This is serious entrepreneurial advice. This is when you see who brings the work gloves, physically and spiritually. Who does and doesn't complain about the sun, humidity, smoke, rain, flood, blood. The humans with whom you've shared this hemp birth are your community. When we say keep the economy local, this is why. People vested in their own backyard can lead the rebuilding of rural societies worldwide. You have these people's backs, and they have yours. Not sure how often that is the case with stock trading. 11.28 <laughs> a.m., second seed drill malfunction. <laughs> the most interesting fact about the seed drill tool is that the real fail once per pass per floater is never the same twice. For such a relatively simple machine, at the end of the day, it's just a glorified slide. What's astounding is the diversity of what can go wrong. Maybe the way you set the incomprehensible calibration levels causes half your 20 acres of seed to drop on the first pass, or after 10 acres, you notice that almost no seed has been planted at all. I've experienced both. Sometimes you don't even have the right size of discontinued hitch ball needed to connect the seed drill to your tractor, necessitating another town run before you even leave the barn. Surprisingly often on a day on which you wake thinking you're planting a crop, you find yourself on hold with outsourced customer service in the Balkans. It's different every time. One of my more harrowing seed drill malfunctions had all hands taking turns huffing stuck seed out of chutes with a sort of homemade blowgun made from a section of garden hose. Oh boy. That's how inaccessible this often needed part of the machine was. At another planting, two of us at a time had to ride, terrified, atop of the moving seed drill, using brooms to force the seed from the hopper into its chutes. And no floater problem will ever instruct you how to solve a future problem more quickly. The important thing is that something will malfunction and at intervals throughout the morning, you'll find yourself stranded in the field on your back, usually when profoundly hungry for lunch. Our second total seed drill failure of the 2018 planting occurs when the freed shoot gaskets, which we spilled so much blood to unfuse, now don't want to stay reattached to their shoots. Their size, viscosity, or maybe chemical composition has changed. As a result, one or three of them keeps sliding off over the course of a pass, dropping a half acre fingers still work and before they become completely covered with noxious gel. 12.05 p.m. Customer service call. Every hemp planting is as unique as the birth of a child and everyone is an education. For instance, May 28, 2018 is the day I learned that you don't want to be on the wrong end of an Edgar Winters customer service call. He speaks to mind to be sure starting in the humble Alabama drawl and gathering steam as he gets work. But the call is always more confusing than shaming to the subpar contractor or farm equipment rental fellow. This is because Edgar is, with the passing of Yogi Berra and with all due respect to both Ringo Starr and George W. Bush, 
the world's reigning king of the unintentionally metaphorical malapropism, especially when you catch him stressed out in the field. I've got this thing all jacked off. I hear him inform our seed drill rental salesman via Margaret's cell phone. We've lost two hours of the day and my brother-in-law is still out in the field dismembering the thing. Ten seconds of silence ensue on our end of the call. Then Edgar says, nah, you're missing the... You gotta make sure people return your rigs clean, man. It's only logistical. What? Yeah, logistical. Like Dr. Spock. Now the dang gaskets won't even bomb to the, to the, that call only scratches the surface of both my adventures with seed drills and of what I call in my texts home to family, Edgarisms of the day. <laughs> Bigger picture, check your equipment carefully before you use it. Mm-hmm. Modern hemp pioneer Ryan Laughlin, a farmer we met on the pages of Hempbound, said you can bypass farm rental shops and get planting gear cheap from the Federal Farm Service Agency, FSA office, in some regions. Hmm. Thanks to the hemp provision in the farm bill, now you can even tell the good folks there what crop you want it for. You still might want to make sure the chutes are clean before you load it up. <laughs> 12, 12 p.m., running barn laps. I am panting hard as the mercury crosses the triple-digit threshold just past noon. My legs feel rubbery with each barn run during the chute reassembly phase. I am in charge of fetching tools. I am no longer trying to avoid stepping on fellow farmers when I return to the repair spot. I do try to leap across already planted rows, but I am not really paying attention to where I land. And ominously... It's starting to cloud over again. A cloudburst might provide relief from the heat, but the tractor can sink up to its axles. This is when pain, hunger, and close quarters begin to accentuate your annoyance at the way your nearest farming partner breathes. (laughs) He sort of hisses out of his nose and through his mustache in the most grating way, and the mustache badly needs trimming. It's difficult to tell where nostril hair ends and external facial hair begins. 1.15 p.m. Lunch, first aid, white lies. Limping inside like a team down 17 points at halftime, you find someone has prepared the necessary 9,000-calorie lunch. (laughs) As in commercial fishing, it's important to cut the cook in for a full share. An army runs on its stomach and all that. Also, as in the fishing trade, tall tales are necessary to maintain morale. <laughs> the cook, in this case Margaret's mother, Kathy, asked me brightly, so how's it going out there? A just-arrived volunteer is paying attention to my answer. We have spent most of the morning repairing equipment. We are bleeding on the carpet and dripping sweat into the stew. <laughs> I answer, could hardly be better. They say rain's on the way. Perfect for germination. As yet, we have little to germinate. 2.08 p.m. B distraction. With bellies full just when we were all ready to really get planting, someone remembers that the remainder of the seed got left back at the garage. The tractor is switched off, which everyone recognizes is a highly experimental maneuver. This is when we hear the bees. These are the new Save the Whales, what with colony collapse disorder and the growing movement to rid humanity of dangerous synthetic pesticides once and for all. But even before that, everyone from A.A. Milne to the inventor of the Facts of Life story recognized that there's nothing that says life is overall good like a lot of bees zooming around. When engines are off, The didgeridoo-esque white noise captures your awareness as completely as a jet passing overhead. (laughs) The bee density at planting season isn't yet anything like the cloud it will come by flower time in August, but your groggy yellow and black fellow hemp farmers waking up, working the raspberries, and checking out who you are. Both honeybees and native bees adore hemp's flowers, especially the male flowers. It's just shocking how valuable hemp is 
as a pollen resource for all kinds of bees, Colorado State entomologist Dr. Whitney Cranshaw said in a 2018 interview. I once watched a bee whose corbiculae were so loaded with hemp pollen pom-poms that she had to take a running jump to become airborne. I remember thinking, pace yourself, sister. Bee bliss session endings tend to be abrupt. In our case, this afternoon in Oregon, someone must have bound and emptied the seed into the drill hopper. I learned this when the tractor clears its throat and Edgar who has a bit of a bearded, prancing bombadil presence in a hemp field, shouts, Hey, we planting or are we napping? <laughs> I jump away from my bee bush guiltily when his voice rings out, trying to look busy, but discover he's addressing his grandson, Chris, who is doing his meditation over his own bee bush. <laughs> and so we set to work on another pass. 4.21 p.m., halfway through the sixth pit stop, contemplating hand planting. It is during this final delay, too many seeds dropping from that pesky third shoot, that as I always do at this point in a mechanized planting day, I begin to think about earlier techniques. I wonder, can it be as efficient or close for a professional digital age hemp farmer to hand plant and hand harvest as to use tractors and combines? If you're not a master mechanic and blacksmith, the answer might be yes. To see why, consider my all-time favorite seed drill foobar. It was in 2016 in Vermont, and the seed drill was wider than the roller that followed it. We wanted them to be equal, so the seed that dropped from all the shoots would be sufficiently pressed into contact with the soil. That was when John Williamson popped into his shop and, before my eyes, cut and attached two eight-by-six-foot-wide metal sheets to extend the roller's range. Unless tossing on a welding mask and building your own equipment is your idea of a morning meditation, you might consider the calculus of hand planting because it's really not that hard to press a hemp seed down the necessary half-inch with your finger. I've hand-planted small acreage fields in several states, and here's the only calibration tip you need. A half inch is about the length of your finger up to its first knuckle. In the This Little Piggy sequence, I usually use wee, wee, wee all the way home. If you have six colleagues, you can probably plant three or four acres a day, budgeting some time for daydreaming and bee watching. Moderate acreage harvesting, too, can be done by hand, as we'll see. 6.23 p.m., elation. The seed somehow gets in the soil. You eat dinner overlooking your planted field. And what's more, you have no regrets. Of all the season's ups and downs, planting day almost always provides the fondest memories. You sleep deeply and dreamlessly following planting. Maybe because you've been absorbing so much vitamin D. Maybe because, like a dog circling a dozen times before settling down on a couch, your body tells you you've taken care of something elemental. A few days later, before you expect it, someone spots the first green hook of a sprout. Then ten. Then a thousand. Again flows the oxytocin. These are moments you never forget. You watch early cell division and all the associated miracles followed soon after by the first leap bifurcation. Before your own hands have healed, you see that distinctive cannabis handshake forming on the little guys and ladies. Congratulations. You're a hemp farmer. You're serving your family, community, and species by doing something that 10 years ago gotten you 10 years of life now it's extending your life and hopefully yeah. helping the customers who wind up enjoying the harvest all right and i'm not sure what happened but uh that was supposed to be the outro to our show folks so all right. <clears throat> once again our technology fails thanks for Chiming in and listening to 
Yeah, you're a little late. I'll see you, and you cut out again, too. Thanks for being here for Wednesday, Wednesday, folks. Don't forget, you're over halfway to Christmas. Um, be smart, be safe, and educate. Read the initiatives coming up. Um, check into everybody that you're going to vote for, and be good to each other out there. Be, damn it, be nice to each other. All right. Have a good show, and we'll see you next week. Have a good show. Have a good week. <laughs>